What is going on, Rotor Grinders? Dean here at Dean 7904. If you want to get all technical, I mean, it's 520 on the dot on the East Coast, 220 on the West Coast, 420 Tennessee time. Of course, that means it's time for the flagship show here at Rotor Grinders. It's called Grinders Live. And joining me today on a very quiet, not a lot of news today, uh, a very quiet Monday, it's Kyle. What's going on, Kyle? How's, uh, how's life in your world? Yeah, very slow Monday. Nothing to talk about. No news. Nothing going on at all. Just a nice little nine-game basketball slate. So I'm excited. It's a good thing, too, because it's a nine-gamer, like you said. So we have no time for shenanigans. As much as people want to see shenanigans, they want to hear shenanigans, you don't have time for it, you know? I don't like to force it. If there's something actually worth talking about, then maybe, if it happens organically. But I I can't think of anything. I don't know if you got anything, but uh, we just uh – I just woke up, smelled the roses, and now I'm ready to you know do some NBA. So let's uh let's do it. <laughs> Will you accept this nine game slate? <laughs> um, all right, uh, we do want to uh, get the body parts in just a second as far as who is in and who is out. Uh, also, want to give the shout outs as we always do. Those that are rocking the RG badge, gotta incentivize y'all to do so out there. Uh, these are the names of those that have uh, signed up recently. Of course, if you guys finish in the top ten of certain contests, the link's gonna go ahead and be dropped in chat for you guys. Feel free to. Uh, check that out if you want to learn more information. Our fabulous multitasking producer, D-Train's dropping in chat, not just the Rotorunners chat, but the YouTube chat as well. Feel free to check it out. Those that have signed up, and again, you rock the RG badge, you finish the top 10 of certain contests, you get one month free. But for RG Premium, those that have done so, it's Swagby Chi, uh, Pedro18, Nico22, HitMeZ88, I believe it's Hit Me, or it's Hit to Me, Hit to Me Z. He wants to hit you. He wants us to hit you. I don't know. I'm botching this. I apologize there. Uh, Krapap? Krapap? Krapap. Krapap. Uh, nah. Nah, 79. Spencer. Spencer? Uh, Sooners Studley. There you go. Thank you for rocking the RG badge. And one last thing, and we were talking about this pre-show as far as the SharpSide app contest. Doesn't cost you all a thing to set the SharpSide app. It is free. You finish a uh, not you finished. You have to just make a, a bunch of wagers. And if you get a streak of six or more uh, for each, uh, well, it's much easier if you, if you see the graph. Uh, Devin's going to go ahead and drop that link in chat for you guys as well. Uh, if you start a streak of six or more, you get $10 on Fandle for each victory after that. I believe it's bumped up to like 20 uh, once it hits the $10 increment. I should be checking this out as far as the link. But again, confirm this. Uh, you have to have your wagers minus 140 or less for what it's worth. And, uh, we gave out a couple winners out of nowhere. What do we like? Gordon Hayward over on rebounds yep, and then, uh, on our first look. And what'd you have? Damian Lee, right? Damian Lee over 2.5 assists. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because you haven't projected for like three and change. So there you go. Uh, yeah. N- not a big assist guy, but of course we'll talk about the body parts and we'll see why Damian Lee is. We're going to give him more than two and a half because some of those warriors are out tonight. Uh, TJ McConnell's got an ankle. He's currently questionable. Malcolm Brogdon, of course, is out with his back. Uh, Karis LeVert was back and now he's out again because he's, he's exhausted. He's got a rest. <laughs> I believe it. He, yeah. He had a finger, by the way. It wasn't like a, whatever he's resting. Brooklyn's tanking. Just, just throwing it out there. Kyrie's not going to play the rest of the season. You heard it here first. He's done. You ready wow. for that? Yeah. Hot he's not going to play. It's not, <laughs> you'll see. He's not going to play the rest of the season. Honestly, the, the way things have been going, like I just continue to question, like what is actually going on here? What is it? What is it? A shoulder injury? Is it's, that what it is? Apparently he can't raise his hands. I don't know. Uh, but what I'm saying Weird. is they're going to have Kyrie, KD, and a lottery pick next year. But we'll see. But uh, I, I don't think uh, he's back. Maybe that's a hot take we shall see. Stay tuned. Uh, Washington's just an absolute disaster. Yamihimi is available to play with his finger. He is probable. 
Uh, Jonathan Williams is waived. He's no, his entire body is out. He's not even in the building, I imagine. Uh, Bradley Beal is questionable with his leg. I'm not really sure. We should be getting updates on that soon because that is a 7 o'clock game, right? East Coast time. I believe that's the first game. Yeah. Uh, among like four other games. There's a lot of 7 o'clock games. I don't like that. We're doing the show. Uh, makes things a little bit dicey as far as uh, making lineups. Bertan's out with his quad. John Collins is available. He's probable with his back. Uh, Christoph Porzingis is out with his knee. Tim Hardaway Jr. is questionable with his ankle. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich is out with the fish, not feeling particularly well, and Marvin Bagley is still out with his foot. Oh, yeah, Bogdanovich, you see the rumor that he might get traded to the Lakers for um, Kuzma? Yeah, I saw the I saw the rumors, and I saw Roto World came out and said that there's no way that the uh, Kings want to move him. That's what they said, I guess. So I don't know. It's up and down, but okay. I saw your tweet saying that they'd be a lock to win every game the rest of the year and it's never lose again, <laughs> win by 30 points every game. Yeah, so the Lakers right, would D. be they would be the champion. They would be the favorite if they had Bogdanovich. You wouldn't agree with that? I mean, of course, I other know. things might other things might fall. This is not the last trade that they go down, but. As it stands currently, if that if that were to happen, like Kuzma's not good, we agree on this. I don't think he's bad. I mean, I don't think he's great. I don't think he's bad. I think he's like a an average player. I mean, Bogdanovich is better than Kuzma, and I think part of that also yeah. is Bogdanovich is a free agent in the season. Yeah, I, yeah. So I don't. I suspect he's not going to be available. Not going to stay in Sacramento because it's hard. Like good players usually don't resign in Sacramento. Like this, yeah, he, he doesn't guys play like, there anyway. So might as well go somewhere where he can play. <laughs> Well, Bogdanovich you're talking about? Bog- Bogdan? Well, yeah, they, yeah, they don't really play him there. You know, they, they, he doesn't get all the minutes. So he's got to go somewhere where he can get some minutes and become a star somewhere, right? Well, you got to give Trevor Ariza and Harry Barnes some runs, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Corey Joseph and Yogi Ferrell. So. <laughs> oh, Sacramento. Vladdy oh, Divac. Uh, Larry Markin. So normally I just ignore the Bulls, but Markin got upgraded to questionable. Like all the other Bulls are probable, as they're always probable because they're just jerks. But marketing was upgraded to questionable. And earlier today, you know, Bobby Portis was this lock from a math perspective because he's just cheap and we presume he was going to start and play 30 minutes or so. Now marketing is questionable with his ankles. We want to keep an eye on that. Uh, Noel is out. I don't know the reason why, unfortunately. He's out with some kind of body part. Maybe it's his foot. No one's Noel, that is. Uh, Kemba Walker is still out. He has that uh, fever. Uh, what, 103, I guess. It's, hopefully it's going down, but he's definitely out once again. Golden State, Russell is out like we talked about with his shoulder. Draymond's out with his ankle. And Looney's still out with his abdominal. And this one broke about an hour ago or so. Drew Holiday is out with his elbow. So there's a lot of injuries. I guess uh, we should get some clarity. Hopefully we get clarity in Washington soon enough. I presume we will again because that's the first game. But what do we have our eye on as far as uh, the body parts right now? Yeah, you kind of summed it up. Still waiting on, I guess, marketing somewhat uh, important news. But, you know, the Bradley Beal – uh, news is also going to be pretty big. Uh, he's a, a game time decision still, so gotta keep keep our eyes out on that. But I think everything else we have: um, Tim Hardaway Jr. questionable, and then T.J. McC- uh, McConnell still uh, questionable. So that's all I got really. That's the only things I can think of. So I think you nailed the rest of them. Yeah, if McConnell doesn't go, we'll talk about it. If he doesn't go, like Aaron Holiday gets a boost as far as his floor and a boost as far as the ceiling, and he's already playing probably thirty plus minutes as is. The first game in the docket is Brooklyn at Orlando. Two twelve is the total. Brooklyn. Is a five-point dog. Uh, we talked about Levert being out. He's resting. Um, Dinwiddie's kind of sputtered. Like, he's carried this team for the last month or so, and maybe it's starting to get to him, but he hasn't been as great of late. Of course, the Orlando matchup is not very appealing. Uh, I know Isaac's not there from a defensive perspective, so that makes him a little bit weaker, a little bit more vulnerable, but still it's a pretty solid team. You know, low total in this game. It's a, I know you're a Fandle guy. I think the most interesting piece in this game from Fandle is uh, – 
is Jared Allen, isn't it? Because he's priced down and you catch him on the right night. I know it's a weird, you know, catch him on the right night where you get those stocks, kind of pile them up. I think he's 5-1 over there in Fandle, that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, but power forward is strong. It's good. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, built lineups just yet or if it's just kind of sort of in your head, but uh, does he work his way into like your top two or top three lineups as of right now? Or is he kind of like on the outside looking in? What are your thoughts as far as Brooklyn and Allen? Yeah, Allen, you mentioned it, 5-1. The price tag just keeps falling on him, which is kind of weird. I know uh, DeAndre Jordan was questionable or at least, you know, whatever, probable coming into the day. And now he's going to be a go. But I do like Jared Allen a pretty good amount. Uh, not my number one power forward, but uh, he's like my probably my third or fourth. So I like him a pretty good amount. Um, but, yeah, I think there's a lot of – actually a lot of interest in this game based on like three guys who I have significant interest in. And one of them is Jared Allen, but the other one is on the other side. Nikola Vucevic, I like him a whole lot, especially on Fandle, 8-5. You can only play one center, but I think he's probably my my number one or number two center. I like him a really good amount. And then uh, Evan Fournier, I like him a pretty good amount as well. A nice little uh, salary piece at the shooting guard position over on Fanduel, 5-9 on DraftKings. So I don't think the ownership will be too high on him. So he could be you know a, a pretty low-owned piece in a game where there's a pace of spot for the for the Magic. Obviously a very pace down spot for the uh for the uh, Nets here, but for the Magic, I think it is a pretty good spot to you know, kind of pick up the pace. So Vooch and Fournier pop out for me. Uh, you have the Fanduel stuff probably up in front of you as far as ownership. I have the DK stuff as far as our lineup HQ and our projected minutes and our projected ownership. And we always talk about our ownership. You know, it gets more and more refined the closer and closer we get the lock, and we're still an hour and a half out from lock, and there's still some more, more information to be had. But we're seeing the Vooch on DK at 33%. Of course, there's more versatility as far as the roster construction. But on Fandle, is he also popping as the top guy over there? Uh, I'm refreshing right now. Sorry, I got, got no caught worries. in the middle of a refresh. Um, he's Yeah, he's the top, so he's 27% over there. So pretty popular. But um, there are some other options you can go if you don't want to pay, uh, you know, eat that chalk. But I don't think that's too chalky by any means, especially considering you can only play one. So uh, I think.
And we're back uh, talking DFS. Apparently, we uh, live on air, Kyle. I don't, I don't know if it was something we said like seconds ago, or I don't really know what had happened. But apparently, we just got to hit with a uh, a strike once again. Even uh, yeah, good times on the YouTube. So YouTube RIP for another week or so. It was a good run. Yeah, maybe. It's like yeah. All right, it's a nine gamer. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk more basketball, but. Uh, Apparently, we're not on YouTube anymore because we got struck with a strike live on air. If a conspiracy theorist. Oh, we don't have time to get into that. But, um, yeah, the magic in the nets. You want to clean this game up before we move on? Yeah, I mean, I guess YouTube just got fed up with body parts and gave us the final strike. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, there's three guys that I like in this one. Uh, it's number one, Nikola Vucevic. Number two, Jared Allen. And number three, Evan Fournier. Uh, I think you can go to Dinwiddie here, but there's so many – I think really strong point guard options, especially up at the top. Um, so I'm probably not going to Dinwiddie too much, but those are the main three. And then if you wanted to play Dinwiddie, he'll be super contrarian, but he's obviously been in better spots in this one. And uh, I think I like other point guards a little more. That's the way I feel. I don't think I'm making enough lineups to justify it. I can't do it. Uh, especially, you know, nine gamer in a game like this on deck, Boston and Washington, 226 and a half is the total. Boston projected for 117 team total points. They're eight point favorites here. Uh, the price has not seemed to fully adjust with Kemba being out. Like Smart all of a sudden looks like a really, really solid play from a catch game perspective. Tournaments as well, too. Uh, it's an awesome matchup, Washington being inept defensively. Uh, they bleed fantasy points. I think they give up the most fantasy points collectively amongst all the teams in all in all the basketball. Uh, rank uh, how much – like who we like uh, from a dollar-from-dollar dollar perspective as far as the Celtics, how we're prioritizing them. I think Smart is number one. And then all of a sudden you get the Brown Hayward uh, Tatum conversation. You can consider a guy like Tice, you know, Cantor is their best fantasy point minute player, but of course getting on the court is the most important thing. And he may only play 20 minutes. He can get there in 20 minutes. He may play 25 and absolutely smash. Talk to me about the Celtics. Yeah. You summed it up pretty perfectly about Cantor. Um, number one for me, smart. Number two for me is Jalen Brown, um, depending on the site. Cause you know, there's some sites where, uh, Gordon Hayward's significantly cheaper, so on those sites I would prefer Hayward. I don't think they're they're far off, but I do like Brown a little bit more, and then Hayward, um, and then probably Daniel Tice for me, point per dollar wise. But I do think Jason Tatum's a guy who has some upside as well. But he's priced up pretty significantly, you know, up near eight K on DraftKings and FanDuel. So I prefer to get to those other four. But I think Tatum is a pretty good option as well. For for me about Cantor, uh, I don't hate it by any means. Obviously, a really good matchup. You mentioned it. The, the main concern is the, is the minutes. And the price isn't really uh, anything like, you know, bottom of the barrel anymore. He's in mid-5K, mid almost 6K on DraftKings. So uh, don't get to a whole lot of canter, but I don't hate it by any means. I think there are other centers, and I, I don't really want to lose that opportunity cost on a site like Fandor. You only get to play one of them. So, yeah, that's how I kind of rank it out. These guys are obviously in a really good spot, so you can play, you know, three or four of these guys. You want to talk about Washington? I mean, obviously it's, good. it's a little tricky with Beal being currently yeah. questionable. Uh, Beal in versus Beal out, you want to have that conversation? Yeah, I think if Beal's out, you can go back to McCray. Uh, even at the price that he's at right now, he's just playing a ton of minutes, and his per-minute production's been really good. Over the last 30 days, 1.16 fantasy point per minute. Obviously, he was out for a little while, so the sample size is a little bit smaller. But um, it, is, it is a tough matchup, but I think it's uh, overall a decent spot for guys that are just going to play a ton of minutes. And I think if if we see Beal sit, um, we'll see a guy like McCray um, – and probably even Ish Smith to play a pretty pretty solid complement of minutes here, mainly McCray though. So it'd be really just McCray for me, and that that'd probably be it. But um, I think if Bradley Beal does that, I think McCray's a, a solid option. 
Yeah, uh, his price is getting up there, but he's been awesome for sure. Could you play yeah. McRae if Beal does play, or you're not really sure? Um, I think you could. I don't love it as much because that, that upside at that price tag. And if Beal plays, I, I'll have a lot of interest in Beal, honestly, on FanDuel, where he's only 8100 It's been weird. It's like it's like FanDuel's accounting these zeros towards his price that he's been out. His price was like up near 10K when he first went out, and now he's down at 8-1. So um, i probably have some interest in Bradley Beal if he does suit up. Don't know if we'll have that news in time, but um, is that a seven thirty game or is it seven? Seven. So, okay, so we, we should have the news theoretically, but um, so hopefully getting that news if he does play, I'll, I'll probably have some interest in him. Um, who else did I have that I want to talk about here? So you mentioned about guys getting you know priced down because of losing minutes or not playing games. It's a nine game slate. You don't really want to play Isaiah Thomas, and it's a revenge game for Isaiah Thomas. But he played what one minute or two minutes the other night before he got ejected for pushing the ref. And like, yeah. should, was that an ejection worthy? Was I mean, there was there wasn't a lot of oomph behind it, but it did seem unnecessary. I'm not, I'm not sure if you saw the clip. It was, it was, yeah. uh, it was odd. I well, I, I feel like the more the the most ejection worthy thing was him like grabbing the ref's hand. Like when you could tell that he just kind of like fell into him. Yeah, I don't think that. And I think the ref kind of blew out of proportion once that happened. You know, you know refs, but when he like grabbed his hand, that was actually probably the worst thing he did. I don't, I don't know if he deserved to get tossed for it, but. But he did so. So he's really priced down. So if you think, and especially if Beal's out, uh, Thomas could do some things. And yeah. even like in twenty-five minutes, he can kind of get there. He'll, 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 uh, he's not afraid to chuck. Obviously, right. um, the rest of the guys. It's a nine-game slate. It's really hard to predict what they're going to do with their rotation. Obviously, uh, Williams is out, and I'm pulling up our projected minutes. And this is a really tough game. The projected minutes, as far as I can tell, we're seeing Beal at thirty-three minutes. Of course, if he doesn't play, we got to delegate those out. They'll be distributed to guys like Ish and, you know, IT2. Mahimi probably plays around 25 minutes or so. Brown probably gets more than 29 all of a sudden. McCray probably gets more than 30. <sighs> Just keep an eye on it. They're asking in chat. I actually jumped in the Discord chat, uh, the premium Discord chat. What's up, premium Discord? Um, they're saying, can you play four Celtics? Is that too many? Um, Maybe? I probably, Yeah, I probably wouldn't play four. I, I think for the most part, I like two. Um, for sure. I think three might be a, a solid number. I don't know if I'd go four, though. I don't know. I don't think the rotation's that slim yet. I, I, obviously, it is a really good matchup, but the the issue is a lot of these guys either affect each other, so like Tyson and Cantor will, will affect each other negatively, and then guys like Tatum are, are still priced up, so it's not like you're getting a super amount of value on that price tag. So, you know, I think you for sure play smart, maybe one of Tyson or Cantor, and then maybe one of the the three more expensive guys. So I would probably say three for me. You're not a I don't you're not you're not an MME guy, right? You don't mass multi entry. You just kind of hand build so many lineups. I do here and there but not often. I'm not I'm not MME tonight, no. Okay, like but if you were hypothetically, you would put a rule that like you would only have Tice and Cantor no more than one lineup, correct? Right, yep. Yeah. That just sort of makes sense. Or maybe max yeah. it out at like three Celtics or something like that. Uh anything, yeah. else, anything else as far as this game that's worth talking about? Maybe we'll revisit it if we get Beal news or something like that. We say he's out, we kind of kind of jump back there. We saw it happen the other night last week, of course, with Washington. Uh, or we can move on and talk about Indiana and Charlotte, which is certainly exciting. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> Two and nine and a half is the total. Indiana is a five-point favorite here against Charlotte. I just don't play Hornets, like generally speaking. They're a terrible basketball team. They play really slow. Uh, speaks to the total there at two and nine and a half as well. Uh, sell me on a Hornet. They're all kind of there. You could play Rozier. You could play Graham. I don't think I will. I don't know. You got a Hornet for sale? Um, not one that's you know uh, an appealing sale, but um, I guess <laughs> the main one would be 
uh, Devontae Graham, you know, just a guy that's going to play a ton of minutes and, you know, be pretty productive, carry solid usage. His rates look, look pretty solid. Uh, so far this year, 37% assist rate, 12% rebound rate. So that's pretty much it. So it's just not a great matchup. I don't really love this game from a, from a DFS perspective. Um, so it's, that's about all I can give you. Sorry. I like Sabonis. It's just we live in real salary cap, and I'm not really sure if I can justify paying him off. And maybe if you play Sabonis, you, you know, it's going to be trickier to get a guy like Giannis, trickier to get a, get a guy like Doncic if you want to spend all the way up. And, you know, he's the asking price is correct. He's priced correctly, but this is a good spot for him. But, you know, what do you need at a Sabonis to justify that roster spot? You need at least 50, right? Yeah. And I mean, I don't think that's you know, a, a bad number. I think that is something he could definitely get tonight. But, well, I think we'll talk about it more, especially when you get to the sites where, you know, you're limited but based on who you can play, what positions of DraftKings, you can play anybody anywhere. But when you're playing on sites like FanDuel and even Yahoo to an extent, um, you only really get two power forwards or, you know, you can't really move around too much. So not no interest in Sabonis for me, which people have kind of been talking to me as like I'm a Sabonis guy now because I, <laughs> I don't think I look like him or something. Sure. But la- the last time we did a show, he was 8K. I don't know if you remember that or not. And I liked him a ton. But now he's 9-3, so the price has definitely come up a good amount. And we'll see that there are a lot of really good value options at Power Forward tonight. So I'm pretty much off of Sabonis, which it, it kills me to say. But Yeah, yeah, uh, he's jumped to, what, 8.6K on DK, which is kind of sort of where he's, where he's been the last couple of weeks. Atlanta, he was 8-9. First Denver, he was 8.4K versus Philly. Tougher matchup at 7.8K. Uh, and like I think we have projected for 46 points as like a median projection, which is, that seems reasonable. Uh, he's got to he's got to creep about fifty for sure to, to justify that spot. And like you said, power forward, especially on Fanduel, is like really really solid. There's a lot of good options out there. Uh, how do we feel about Holiday? He's probably playing around twenty eight to thirty two minutes or so or something like that. I want to say during the in the grind down, I read note of uh, his note was basically saying that the nine games that Brogdon's not played, uh, this is Aaron Holiday should specify which Holiday. Uh, Aaron Holiday is averaging thirty one fantasy points per minute. And then most of those games, I presume McConnell was in. McConnell's currently questionable. His floor will probably get bumped even higher. Uh, but he is, you know, the price has adjusted on Aaron Holiday. Uh, is there still meat in that bone is what I'm asking. Yeah, I think there is. He's just another guy that you can safely project him for around 31, 32 minutes. I have him for 32 tonight. Um, while we got booted off of YouTube and we were re- <laughs> rebooting, McConnell was announced that he's going to play. So, Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, so he's going to be in. I don't think that affects too much of a holiday. I, I think if we would have saw McConnell out, we, we could have seen, you know, it be a night where the holiday goes out and plays 35 to 36 minutes. I still think he'll play around 32. So um, I think you can go to either one of these guys as a value option, but point guard is really strong tonight. So uh, I don't know if I love it. I, I would probably prefer holiday tonight. Uh, I know last time I preferred McConnell, but um, just based on, I think, the the position – where I'm kind of trying to pay up a little more. I don't think I get to either of these guys very often, but if I had to pick one, I think I would go Holiday. You got anything else this game? or just, I think this game is mostly a stay away outside of a couple of pieces we talked about. Yeah, I mean, you could you could go to T.J. Warren if you wanted to. Um, the price is kind of decent, but uh, I, I think there are other spots. At, even at the small forward position where you could spend up to go Giannis, you can you know get some value pieces here. Uh, I, I think I'd prefer other options, but he'd probably be the only other guy that I could really mention here. Yeah, but I know you play on Fandel. TJ Warren is like always the last guy in on Fandel. Nobody ever starts building yeah. a lineup with TJ Warren. <laughs> can you confirm that? I can confirm that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like I got 5,700 left. I guess I'll play TJ Warren. That's, got, <laughs> that's how that goes all the time. At least that's just me. Yeah. I never seek him out. He's like, he's fine, but never like exceptional. Uh, not exceptional is this game that we're going to talk about in a second. 
OKC and Philly, 211.5 is the total in this game. Philadelphia, seven-point favorite. They've been a disappointing team, by the way, this year. As far as, like, wins and losses, I feel like that they should be doing better. Much better at home versus on the road, if that's something you care about. Uh, you know, OKC matchup here versus Philadelphia. OKC is one of my least favorite teams tonight against this Philly team. It's, you know, pretty solid defensively all around. Sell me on a Thunder piece. What do you have? Um, none. Okay. Good talk. <laughs> uh, like, so without Noel, if Adams can somehow dodge foul trouble, which is, you know, a bit tricky with, you know, and being on the other side, yeah. he might play 33, 34, 35 minutes or something like that. So that's something, I guess. But, you know, that's the biggest endorsement I can give. SGA, of course, can play 35 minutes as well. Paul is fine, but, you know, nothing I need here. And that's yeah, that's the thunder, right? Yeah, I, I do think Paul is fine, but I, I don't really want to talk him up when there are other point guards that I really love tonight. So um, the price is actually pretty nice over on FanDuel, especially where he was priced actually up near 8K for the most part of, you know, two weeks ago. Now he's down to 6.7. So um, that's that's pretty much that it. Is I don't a good, love that is a good price, 6.7. Yeah, yeah. So that, that'd probably be the best thing from this game. But with other guys at point guard, I don't know if I love it too much. What about the other side? What do you have as far as uh, the Sixers? Um, Tobias Harris is somewhat interesting strictly due to price. He's another guy whose prices come down a pretty good amount. He's six four on FanDuel and six four on drafting, so the price is pretty appealing there. Um Embiid's okay, but I think there are other centers like you get a thousand dollar discount on, on Vooch. Uh so I would prefer to do that. So I don't really get to a whole lot. You could play Horford as well, whose price is also down. But is he bad really now? Like- is he just not good? He's not he's not working this offense. What's going on here with Horford? He's probably just going through a stretch where he realizes that he's old and he can't do anything for a while. He needs to, you know, <laughs> recalibrate that rusty machine. Yeah. <laughs> How does one do that? Cycle back on. Uh, he did have a good game against Milwaukee like five games ago for what it's worth. Yeah. But Christmas. Is that? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it took me a second. Yeah, that was a Christmas game, wasn't it? He's a narrative-only player. That's what it is. <laughs> he's a big fan of holidays? Is he a big Christmas yep. fan? Yep. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Fair noted. I, I'm uh, going to put my, that in my notebook for next year, I suppose. Um, I, we saw Simmons ceiling, you know, not too long ago when I, he went absolutely ballistic. Of course, the stock's going to help get him there too. When he had four blocks yeah. and three steals against Houston, put up 78 fantasy points on DK. Of course, you get three for those on FanDuel. So he probably even topped that or maybe not because he got the triple double bonus as well on DK. Of course, he had no threes because he does not attempt threes, which is still <laughs> one of the weirdest things. I don't, it's a whole other conversation, but like, why not? Does he somebody get him a calculator? Three is greater than two, and like he's capable of making it. I've seen it happen before. I don't know. It's a some sort of a weird mental block with him. But uh, all right. Uh, but as far as Embiid versus uh, Vuk, I assume Embiid is less owned. But you're just you're just going to embrace the bigger ownership as far as Vuk and kind of get different elsewhere. Is that what I'm well? Hearing? Well, there are some other centers that I think I I like a little bit more than Embiid, and Embiid's the second highest owned center on FanDuel right now. He's at 17%. So I really don't think you're getting that much of a of a discount. And even the Roto-Grinders projections have only uh, Vooch for a little bit over one point less than, than uh, Embiid. So yeah, just looking at the ownership, I don't think you're getting that much of a discount ownership-wise to kind of go for over Embiid over Vooch. So we have Embiid on DK projected for 49 and change at 17% and Vuk projected for 46 and change at 33%. And of course, like you said, uh, Vuk is what 1.1 cheaper on DK as well. So dollar for dollar, uh, Vuk is what 5.6 fantasy points per dollar as opposed to Embiid at 5.3 fantasy points per dollar. And uh, oh yeah, Vuk, Vuk is the most, uh, the best fantasy point per dollar guy as well too, which is something to say when you're that expensive. 
Tied with the yeah. uh, not mentioned Bismack Biombo for what it's worth. I don't think we're <laughs> rostering him, but just throwing it out there. Yeah. Uh, you got anything else as far as this game, or are we moving on? Nope, I don't really like this game, so I'm good to move on. I wonder if you like the Joker. Denver versus Atlanta, 224 is the total. Uh, Denver is a seven-point favorite here. You keep mentioning you like other centers. How about Jokic versus Atlanta? Does that do anything for you? Yep, I like Jokic a pretty good amount. Um, the only real worry for me here is obviously foul trouble because Jokic has been wanting to slap people around <laughs> every time every time he gets a chance. But uh, that and then a little bit of a blowout risk with this game being uh, a little bit, you know, it's, I think it's a 12-point spread or something like that, or eight-point spread, sorry. So not too much of a too much of a spread there, but obviously with Atlanta being as bad as they are and Denver being as good as they are, that's the only real issue here. And I think that might kind of uh, be validated in the ownership projections. I think this is obviously a really good spot for Jokic. He's only 8-8 on FanDuel, uh, 9-2 on drafting, so it's not like he's priced up a ton. But he's not really getting a, a massive amount of ownership. So I think the issue might be in, in the blowout run. But, um, yeah, I like Jokic a lot, and I think it's a good spot to kind of go against the grain here. I think we have him right now as the fourth highest owned. Yeah, fourth even behind Gobert. So fourth highest owned center on the slate tonight on FanDuel. So I like Jokic a pretty good amount on this one. Yeah, 1.33 fantasy points per minute on FanDuel, 1.37 on DK. You know when you watch Jokic, the worst thing, he's, just, he's one of those guys that does this more than others, and he just shouldn't be doing it ever. Uh, you ever see where like during like, you know, they turn the ball over and the other team's got a break and he takes the intentional foul because it's like, yeah. Oh, I don't have a foul yet. So I can foul now. And then all of a sudden that starts the domino effect. And then out of nowhere, he's got four fouls and you know, the middle of the fourth, the third quarter and he gets the yank because like he had to take that one for no particular reason. Give up the two points. It's okay. The two points is worth less than your one <laughs> foul you can give. Right. Is that the most tilting thing? Or is that just me when I'm watching the games? Yeah. I mean, sometimes, sometimes it- I guess theoretically that that play makes sense. Like you're stopping a fast breaker, but when it comes to down to, okay, we want this guy to play the entire game. Like if you're, yeah. if you're Jeremy Grant, go ahead and do it, but you're yes. the best player on this team. So um, yeah, I get, I get your point. And it's definitely tilting. Like one time I think I, I rostered Jokic and, and Jamal Murray threw a turnover, <laughs> threw a pass. He was like dribbling baseline, threw it across the court and it got picked off. And the guy ran right into Jokic and he just grabbed him on my goal. That's number three, and they pull him off right away. And yeah, and Malone, Malone is not a guy who's uh, liberal with the, with the foul trouble. He brings him out right away, and he'll sit him. I think la- I think there was a game where he played like eight minutes in the first half a few days ago. So Jokic can be very tilting with that. Yeah, and I think he actually did okay, like on a, on a minute basis basis in that game you're referencing against. It was it against Indiana that might have been the game, or was it against Houston? I don't recall. Yeah, Indiana, was, Indiana. Yeah, yeah, and like it's it is super frustrating. Obviously, uh, the other pieces on Denver. You're not necessarily getting a discount, but Murray certainly a nice matchup here against Atlanta. We know from a micro perspective, we know that Young is one of the worst defenders in the league on the other side. Uh, Gary Harris has kind of taken a step back on this Denver team, but like he's probably going to play a good bit of minutes. Barton's pretty interesting, but he's kind of priced up to some degree. Uh, Porter has just been yo-yoing and not a guy you can trust as far as his minutes, but the talent we think is there. Uh, but we just don't know what the minutes are going to be as far as uh, as far as Porter kind of ambitious on a nine game slate. Give me the second to take in the secondary nuggets for you. Uh, yeah, so I think Murray's okay, but he kind of falls into a spot where a lot of good point guards, especially around his price range, that I I guess I shouldn't say a lot, but there are just a couple that I really like. So I don't really get to Murray a whole lot, but uh, a tournament play that I'm liking a pretty good amount is Paul Millsap, which pains me oh. to say I. I never really liked Paul Millsap too much, but you know, forty eight hundred on FanDuel is pretty cheap. You know, you can't really expect a whole lot minutes wise out of him, but you know, I have him projected for twenty five, so uh, I feel like if he plays twenty five minutes, he's got a pretty good shot at at paying off this price tag here in a great matchup. Um, 
there's not really much more I can say. It's not like the most pretty play, but it's going to be super contrarian and a good spot. And it's going to come down to minutes primarily. But um, yeah, I think if he gets 25 minutes, he pays off this price tag. And I think he's a nice little tournament play. Yeah, he averages essentially a fantasy point per minute. Uh, he's like that. He's like Horford, right? Like you know, he's like the old man that's just kind of sort of skating by. And you know, it's hard to see Millsap with the upside. What are you? What are you shooting for? Like thirty fantasy points? Is that what you want? You'll you'll take that. Is it good enough for you? Yeah, I think thirty is good. But you know, thirty is probably the the realistic you know ceiling here. But you yeah. know, if it's a game where he is out there for twenty, let's say he, let's say he gets twenty seven, twenty eight minutes, and then he goes for you know thirty five, thirty six, he's he's crushing that price tag there. So. And I think, you know, the main, I guess, factor for me is there's a lot of guys in this price, in this price range at power forward, they're going to be pretty popular. So he's just going to be super contrarian and a nice little uh, leverage play. I want to pull it up actually, because I was doing, working on it earlier. Did you do the expert rankings today or no? I did. Yeah. On Yahoo and fantasy draft. I did though. Oh, uh, okay. So let's pull up the FanDuel one since we're having the conversation there. And I remember when I was doing it myself, I had a hard time uh, ranking the guys I, because I don't think Millsap was ranked by anybody I could be wrong and it's dollar for dollar basis uh, myself Beansy Notorious Tuttle uh, yeah he's not on the board like none of us ranked him for what it's worth so yeah. he's going to be low owns I absolutely without without a conversation yeah. uh, unless I'm kind of missing him similar price point to Jared Allen who we talked about you know a little bit cheaper uh, Bielitsa is in the conversation I, you know who uh, if uh, Thad Young draws a star and like plays you know 30 minutes or so if you see Mark and not play He'll take yeah. all that ownership at that price point, basically. Or maybe you're playing them both. I don't know. Yeah, so, and I think yeah. all those guys that you just mentioned, including you know probably at least one or two of the Golden State guys that we'll talk about later, I think those guys are all better than Millsap. And I think if you're if you're like kind of looking for the the median or the optimal play, I don't think you play Millsap. But in in a tournament, maybe even a large field tournament, I think Millsap does have some interest for me just because he is he is pretty cheap and. You know, it's obviously a great spot for him here in this one. If he it's a if it's a game where he gets 27, 28 minutes, he could do pretty well in this one. So, like I said, all those guys that you just mentioned are better and I think safer plays. But Millsap, I think, does carry some some weight in tournaments at least. Another power forward that nobody's going to play in Fandel tonight, I don't think, uh, who's got a much higher ceiling is uh, is John Collins. Of course, the matchup's not great, but we've seen we've seen this guy put up fifties. You know, it's it's definitely something that's in his bag. It's in the conversation. Young is out there as well too. Talk to me about the Hawks. Yeah, so the main the main one for me is Trey Young. I, I like him a pretty good amount, uh, and the ownership isn't really reflecting my kind of uh my kind of liking for him, which is something I like to see. Let's see where he's at now. Um, so he's behind it's low. four, five, six. Seven. He's eighth, the eighth most popular. Uh, point guard on FanDuel based on the ownership projections right now. So I like Trey Young a pretty good amount. It makes a lot of sense to pair him in a lineup with Nikola Jokic. You know, if, if Jokic is going to have an upside game, it's probably because his game's staying close. And if the Hawks keep it close, it's probably going to be because of Trey Young. So I like him a pretty good amount. John Collins isn't a guy that I get to too much. He's actually the third most popular based on ownership projections right now oh. uh, on FanDuel. So I don't really get to him a whole lot, but the pricing is pretty appealing. 7-3 for a guy like him. Is actually, you know, pretty cheap. So I don't hate it, don't love it though. So I think I'd rather like I like I mentioned earlier, get these value guys at power forward. But um I do think he is a pretty high upside play. I think Young dropped like forty actual real points in the bucket against Denver earlier this season. If that does anything for you for what it's worth. Uh and we know the capability on Youngest. And he could play yeah. even in a blowout, he could play like forty two minutes just on any given night. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't who really it's hard to sort of predict how that's gonna happen, but they just do weird things in Atlanta. Uh, is there anything else that's worth of notes? Uh, Hunter is really, really cheap. I believe on Fanduel, he's like three nine. 
but he's like not good, but he might play 35 minutes, maybe, or no, he's just terrible, and that's it. Yeah, he's kind of just terrible, and that's it for me. For me, the, the secondary guy that's interesting is Kevin Herter. He's really stepped up minutes-wise, and also he's been kind of that secondary ball handler. You see his assist numbers have gone up a pretty good amount. He's up near 20%, so that's a pretty strong indication that he's kind of the, the secondary ball handler here uh, behind Trey Young. So Kevin Herter is someone, someone that's pretty interesting in this one. I am projected for 34 minutes, so um, it's pretty much Young, Herter, and then Collins would probably be third for me. But, uh, yeah, I, I like Herter a pretty good amount. Uh, yeah, uh, just a 0.89, 0.86, depending on where you're shopping as far as fantasy points per minute. And the aforementioned Hunter, yeah. uh, 0.64 or 0.68, that is not good. But he may play 30 or so minutes. But, yeah, he may also play 30 yeah. minutes and get, like, nine fantasy points. That's definitely yeah. in the conversation. It's in the realm. You got anything else, anything else as far as this game? Or shall we move on and talk about uh, Nolens in Utah? No, let's move on. It's a revenge game. Didn't Utah get their name stolen? Utah stole their name from New Orleans, right? That's how that went, right? Um, yeah, okay. Utah, yeah. New Orleans, 219.5 is the total. New Orleans is a four-point dog. Uh, I guess we'll talk about the – here's the weird thing about New Orleans. I know the matchup's not great against Utah, but one of their biggest pieces, Holiday being out. And I'm still, like, not enthused. Like, you can get some bell, ball. You can get some hearts. You know, more opens up for some minutes as well. But, like, there's no clear path. It just I think it's dispersed to multiple bodies and – Nobody gets a big enough bump where like I have to play them. Is that kind of where you're at as well as far as New Orleans? Uh, I really like Lonzo Ball in this one. I know the, right. the the usage and the per minute numbers don't really like if you go and look in court IQ, he doesn't really get a big uptick over there. But the minutes are going to be pretty much locked in now. You don't really have to worry about a game where he's going to not close or or whatever. And, you know, it's not going to be one of those games where he gets 24, 25 minutes. I have projected for 33, so I, I think that's a pretty strong projection for a guy like Lonzo Ball, who is 6,300 on Fanduel, 6,800 on DraftKings. He's a guy who can do all, do everything really. 27% assist rate, 19% rebound rate, um, a little bit over one fantasy point per minute, and that nearly. Uh, I have projected for a 23% usage rate with Holiday off. I gave him a slight uptick if you you know compare that to to Court IQ. I did give him a little bit of a bump, but I think he's a pretty strong play, and I think the price is pretty pretty affordable. And you kind of mentioned it. There's not really any other secondary pieces that jump out. I think it's pretty much just a minutes thing. So Hart's minutes are pretty secure. Reddick should, you know, now be back into the 30s like he was earlier in the year. And Ingram should see a pretty strong uh, uptick and also solidification of everything. So it's mainly those four for me, but with the with the majority of my interest being in Ball and Ingram. Can we get 34 or 35 revenge minutes out of Derek Favors? I, I don't know. I Has that... He just he, seems he's so done old. that of late. He does. He, he but yeah. so he, how old do you think he is? And then, now I'm kind of like setting up. I'm framing it because I've googled yeah. this before. And I'm like, he's not as old as I thought he was. He's, he's like 28, right? I think he's 28. Yeah, I think that is correct. Okay, yeah. So I, I think it was. I want to say it was Christmas Day. I was watching him. I'm like, that's not Derek Favors. No way. And I was like, because <laughs> you know, you used to be like a freak athlete back when he was in the Jazz, and now he's like, looks like he's a little bit, you know. Yeah. He looks taller and he looks like bigger, but. Um, yeah, I don't. I he definitely could, but um, I don't know. It just depends on. I saw Jalil Okafor make a nice little appearance into the rotation last game, so uh, he only played like five or six minutes. But who knows what these guys are ever going to do? So I wouldn't be surprised by it, but um, I don't know. Could happen. And he's been a good fantasy player this season. Like one point one six, one point one five. Of course, he had that minutes yeah. restriction earlier in the year, but we've seen him play thirty four, thirty five minutes like recently. Um, yeah. 
yeah, again, nothing really jumps off the page as far as the matchup and the price is kind of bumped up depending on where you're shopping. I'm seeing what six nine on DK, six five on Fanduel, twenty five dollars on Yahoo. Um, but he's he's been good. He's he's been absolutely good. And if this game stays tight, I don't see why he wouldn't keep playing thirty three minutes around there. I don't know what we haven't projected for, but it sounds like a pretty fair projection. Uh, not like an optimal play, but. You know, if I'm making 10 lineups, we may get like one chair of favor. Sure, why not? I know it's 10% and insert joke here, but uh, <laughs> that's just how I did the math, I suppose. How about the Utah side? Because there should be some good plays here as far as Utah. Of course, Conley's still out. Mitchell has thrived in the absence of Conley. Uh, Bogdanovich has not been great of late, but the price is kind of adjusted. Ingles is another guy who's done well in the absence of Conley. And then there's Gobert, you kind of mentioned before, uh, squaring off against the likes of uh, Derek Favors and maybe some Jackson Hayes too, which would absolutely annihilate for what it's worth. Uh, I like Mitchell a good bit, but he's just kind of sort of priced where he should be. And I don't know. I don't love Mitchell. It's like a, just as an everyday in and out as far as what he's priced at and what he kind of pumps out there and what his potential ceiling is. He's always a guy I sort of like land on as a last man in, or if it's like an amazing matchup, but I'm good with him. Uh, do you have a take as far as Mitchell and the rest of the Utah side? Yeah, I like Mitchell a pretty good amount. Um, there are some other shooting guards that I, I do like tonight. Uh, Marcus Smart's one of them. So, you know, he essentially, I think he's pretty much close to a lock, Marcus Smart. Uh, I do think he'll be pretty chalky, but I think he's a really strong play. 4,900 on FanDuel. So he kind of fills one of those spots, especially if you're playing cash. I think he's definitely one of the cash game plays at shooting guard. Um, but I, I do think Mitchell's still a pretty strong play in his own right. You, you kind of mentioned it. The price is to a point where you're like, Okay, it's nothing great. Like we we were seeing him around seven three, seven four just a few days ago. Now he's up at eight one, so the price is actually up a little bit. Um, so you you kind of nailed that one on the head. Bogdanovich and Ingles, these guys are guys that I, you, I think you can go back to. I know, um, especially Bogdanovich, he struggled a little bit, but really good matchup with uh, New Orleans being top five in pace and also um, bottom ten in defensive efficiency. So you can play either of those guys, and you can also play Mitchell and Gobert as well. I prefer Jokic and Vooch over Gobert still, but Mitchell's I think one of the better shooting guards when you're when you're considering that top tier. But if, if Beal plays, I think I prefer Beal over Mitchell, especially considering I think Mitchell will actually have some ownership tonight. Pulling up our uh, rankings as well, and we have Mitchell fifth as far as our consensus value rankings at shooting guard. When you consider the price, uh, Smart of course is number one across the board. Uh, Josh Hart got some love in there too. Fournier, yeah. we talked about him. Healed as well. We haven't talked about Buddy just yet. Um, yeah. Anything else this game that's worth talking about, or shall we move on? Um, no, that's pretty much it for me. Actually, Josh Hart is projected to be the second highest owned shooting guard right now. Um, if that were the case, which I, I think that could definitely happen, I think people could use shooting guard as a way to to, to pay down and um, get to a guy like Giannis or something like that. I, I would probably be, you know, inclined to fade Josh Hart I think he I think his minutes are are more sketchy than a guy like Marcus Smarts are at this point you know they can give minutes to a guy like more they can give um Reddick and Ball these minutes so I, I probably would be inclined to fade Josh Hart if he was going to be like 30 percent which is where we have Matt on Fandle right now Chicago Dallas to 17 and a half is the total Dallas is a nine point favorite here against the Bulls uh all the Bulls are probable with the exception of the usual Bulls uh you know God of still out uh, marketing is questionable and midday upgrade the questionable, which is always kind of dr- uh, tricky. I was trying to say tricky and dicey and I combined those two words for some reason. Uh, we did see last game, the bulls tightened their rotation where Saturansky played 40 minutes and Dunn played 40 minutes. 
I don't know if that was like a one game thing or if that's going to continue going forward. But if anybody's playing 40 minutes, it's kind of sort of something we should pay attention to. Do you care about that? Is that just a one game sample or is that going to continue going forward? Your thoughts on it? Yeah. I mean, I, w- I wish it was something that would be, it's been a problem for DFS, you know, this whole year with, with these point guards, a lot of them can, can play 25 to 30 minutes, but now to see two of them really get that, get that run. It's encouraging. I think if you could guarantee that again, or if you wanted to bet on that again, I think they'd both be pretty solid plays here, especially on sites where, you know, you're not limited to just playing two point guards. So I think there are a few, a handful of good point guards tonight. So I don't, I I don't think I'd get to them too often on FanDuel, but um, yeah, I think if you wanted to project them, I think projecting them for 40 would be tough, but kind of say, okay, I think this, this rotation's got a little bit, a little bit of water to it. I think, uh, I think Sadoransky would probably be the one I would prefer. We're, uh, we're playing this game on FanDuel. This game is an hour and a half after lock. We don't have the information as far as marketing being in or out. How do you handle that when it comes to Bobby Portis? No, Bobby Portis. Not Bobby Portis. <laughs> He's a form. You're not playing Bobby Portis. You're, you're ta- I'm talking about, uh, dude, how did I lose the guy's name all of a sudden? Uh, Thad Young. Rad one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think you can almost play Thad Young, even if marketing is healthy. I, I'm assuming marketing's out, so... My minutes projections are kind of with Markkinen being out because they, him going from doubtful to questionable, I think just for me personally, I could be very wrong. But So I have that ace, so I'm projected for, for 29 minutes right now. Um, if Markkinen were to play, he'd probably go down to around 20. But I think um, there's still a point where you can still play Thaddeus Young where with Markkinen even in and even take a chance on it. Because I think if we see Markkinen out, he's one of the better value plays in on FanDuel. It's a nice little edge saying that, hey, maybe no one's going to play this guy because we don't have that news yet. So I think you could play Thad Young either way and kind of hope that the news breaks for you. I'm always thrown off by the like the midday upgrades or downgrades. Like yeah. I, I think I no, maybe this is just my perception, but I feel like if a guy is, you know, not if he's nothing and then he's questionable out of nowhere, he's got a less chance of playing than a guy who's doubtful that's upgraded the questionable. Yeah, like they're both questionable. But, you know, the upgrade as opposed to the downgrade. And like, I'm sure there's stats on this somewhere. I, I don't know it. But uh, maybe maybe marketing. I just feel like the chance of marketing playing is more likely. Of course, they're on the road and the Bulls, and it doesn't matter. It's a lost season anyway. And, yeah. You know, and marketing's been probably hurt most of the season anyway, <laughs> dealing with some sort of body part. But uh, I don't know. Just the midday. And the shenanigans with Chicago, you got to add in there as well, the way they've been goofing around with the injury report, who knows what they're up to, but just my thought. And but that, that said, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like I'm not really sure. Uh, maybe make, make different lineups, I suppose. Uh, the Dallas side, how much are we prioritizing Luca? We know how much Luca thrives in the absence of Porzingis. Uh, is somebody, uh, is Porzingis a guy? I'm sorry. Is Luca a guy that you're, uh, you're splurging on tonight? Yeah, I think he's probably the top spend up for me, you know, of, of the guys that are over, over 10K, so I prefer him over Giannis, I guess. It's pretty much the only two that are over 10K. But if you're talking 9K, uh, over 9K, I would probably prefer him and then Trey Young. So, But, yeah, I think Luke is a, an amazing play. We, me and you have talked about it quite a few uh, on the, on these on these shows where Chicago is actually a sneaky defensive team where they're actually pretty solid defensively. They're top 10 mm-hmm. in defensive efficiency. But that doesn't matter for Luka. Uh, it's a pretty strong matchup. They do have pretty good perimeter defenders and guys like Chris, Chris Dunn, but yeah, you can go go right back here to uh, Luca. The rates are just amazing: thirty-seven percent usage, forty-eight percent assist rate, thirty percent rebound rate. They're just unbelievable numbers, and uh, I think he's a really strong play. He'd be my top stud. Uh, I think Giannis is a strong play too, but I would I would lean Luca over Giannis. You got anybody else in Dallas like you really want to play? 
Um, I mean, so the, the whole thing with Maxi Kleber is with him not starting the first half and starting the second. It's been kind of weird. I think you can go back to him here, though, at this price, even though it is up a pretty significant amount compared to where it was, 5900 on FanDuel. There are a handful of guys that are cheaper than that. We already mentioned a few of them, like uh, like Thaddeus Young, like uh, Paul Millsap, if you want to do something like that. But there, we'll get to more, too. So uh, I think you can go back here at Power Forward, 5900 on, on both sites. But um, I, I think there are a little bit cheaper options that are a little bit better. But I do think he's been a pretty strong play, so I, you could go back to him. Nine minutes left. Two games uh, on the docket still to talk about. The aforementioned Giannis Antetokounmpo and his Milwaukee Bucks are taking on the San Antonio Spurs. 228.5 is the total. They're seven-point favorites. And you've kind of spoken about Giannis throughout the show, and it sounds like if you can only have one as far as, you know, Sophie's choice, you got Giannis versus Luka, you prefer Luka, correct? Yeah, and it is pretty close. Like, the, the matchup here for Giannis is a, is a good one for sure. I think this uh, team, the San Antonio team is pretty bad defensively. But – um. I think the minutes are just much more guaranteed for Luca, you know, uh, and even in a game that does get somewhat out of hand, we'll probably still see Luca play or into the to the thirties, thirty one, thirty two. You know, if this game blows out for the Bucks, we could see him play twenty six minutes, twenty seven minutes for Giannis. So that's always been the main issue for Giannis is the minutes. Strong matchup for him, but I would prefer Luca. Can't knock you if you prefer Giannis over Luca, but um, I think they're both good plays. But I would just lean Luca just a tad. Uh, deep rotation in Milwaukee, uh, any of the secondary pieces worth a look. Now, for what it's worth, Bledsoe has seen his minutes creep up and up the last few yeah. games. Maybe he gets up to like 26, 27, 28, and all of a sudden that's interesting. Because his price is not where it's been the entire season. But, you know, it's the same old story with Milwaukee. Unless a bunch of dudes are out, you know, it's it's Giannis or Bust for the most part for me. Is that where you're at as well, or do you like a secondary piece? Yeah, I think Bledsoe's okay. Um the 6K price tag is something that I, I wish was a little bit cheaper. You know, we saw him at, I think it was like 5.3 or 5.4 when he first came back. Uh, but I didn't really have confidence in those minutes. I would probably, you know, lead to believe that he's going to play a few more minutes tonight. So he played 23 last game. I am projected for 24. So, you know, 24, 25 minutes for him and a good matchup. I think he could, he could be playable, but at 6K and at point guard, once again, um, he'd be the only one that I really have any moderate interest in. Uh, 6K on DK as well for what it's worth, 23 on yeah. Yahoo. Uh, we haven't projected for 27 minutes. So maybe that's a little bit ambitious, but uh, yeah, certainly interesting. As far as the San Antonio side, do you know, I, I tweeted about this earlier today, and would you would you believe this was ignored on Twitter? They were talking about other things on Twitter. Somebody would not really acknowledge my tweet, but so Lamarcus Aldridge, I always talk about how like he's got no ceiling because he's a, he's a points and rebounds guy and that's it. He doesn't shoot threes. And if you go through his career, like in 2010, he had a point, you know, point three fantasy points for uh, point three three point attempts in 36 minutes. 2015, the same deal. 2017, it jumped up to 1.3. Last year was 0.6. This year, he's taking 2.4 three point attempts per 36 minutes. And in the last six games, 4.98. Dude oh. finally figured out that like three is greater than two. I know that fadeaway 18 footer is pretty, it's cute and all, but. He's 35 years old, like year like 17 for him, whatever it is. Uh, he, he realized, oh, wait, three's greater than two. I'm going to start shooting threes. And, oh, wait, that's not all. Who is he playing tonight? He's playing the Milwaukee Bucks. And what do we know about the Milwaukee Bucks? Mm-hmm. They don't yield points in the paint. They yield the most three-pointers three pointers made in the entire association. I'm endorsing LaMarcus Aldridge on a nine-game slate, something I never thought I would do ever again. But here we are. Hey, there you go. That's that's your uh, Did I sell you or no? Yeah, I mean, not really because I, I, <laughs> I get it. Just, yeah, <laughs> just the way my lineups are are being built, I'm uh-huh. just spending it down at the power forward position. But um, yeah, I think honestly, 
great pitch. Um, I'm sure it works for somebody, but just I don't think it works for me. <laughs> but yeah, that's all. I, I well, just I don't know. It's tricky from a lineup construction perspective, which is that that's the proper rebut. Uh, Murray, if he gets 30 minutes, is certainly interesting. I got really nothing else. Uh, maybe Lonnie Walker as like as like a stone minimum play is kind of sort of somewhat interesting, but that's kind of thin as well too. You got any other Spurs, or is that it? You're not waving the whole team. Um, yeah, I, I like Murray a little bit. I have him projected for 26 minutes, and he pops pretty pretty strongly. Um, but Lonnie Walker is just a guy who the minutes are just so hard for me to project for him. You know, it's been up and down. There's been games where he's completely out of the rotation. We've seen the games where he plays 25, 30 minutes. So it's hard to, to project him. Murray's someone I'll have, you know, slight interest in. Lonnie Walker could be a nice little value piece, but I think you have stronger value options elsewhere. Um, but he's going to be contrarian, so I wouldn't hate going to either of those guys. And and Lamarcus Aldridge, let's do it. Look, look, you don't have to agree. It's perfectly fine. Don't don't be agreeable. No, I'm, it's I'm, polite. I'm, you don't have I'm to. Giving, <laughs> I'm giving you confidence in your play. <laughs> Look, he's shooting threes and this is a team that you can make threes on that's the best way to get to that's him true. And, uh but i do agree like it, it's it doesn't it's not a great lineup construction play but all right let's yeah. talk about the hammer and i'm not going to hit the lock button but i will grab a share or two of nothing else golden state sacramento 214 and a half is a total golden state it's a 10 point uh, dog here of course there's a lot of body parts missing looney draymond russell are out for the sacramento side bogdanovich is not playing bagley's not playing is this one of the more appealing game stacks? Probably just throwing it out there, Sacramento. Um, I've been watching them, and like they've been doing this thing. Like when they get scored on, they break off the score. So I'm like, oh, well, this team had the slowest pace in basketball for the first, you know, so many months of the season, and they're like 14 or 12 in the last five games, and they're no longer the slowest team. And part of that probably has to do with Fox being back as well, too. But just throwing it out there that the, play, the team is playing faster as far as Sacramento. Uh, do we like the value on the Golden State side because we presume? You know, uh, there's some body parts missing. You got to play five dudes. Uh, what do you have for me as far as this game? What's popping for you? Yeah, I like this game a pretty good amount. De'Aaron Fox is probably one of my favorite plays on the entire slate. Um, he's just a guy who you mentioned it. The the pace has gone up. And I think it's primarily because of him. With no Bogdanovich, that just kind of uh, I think adds to his upside a little bit. Um, I haven't projected for 33 minutes. The usage has been really strong. He, his his rates have been really strong as well. 38% assist rate. 15% rebound rate. So the numbers look pretty strong for Fox. Um, I think you can go back to Buddy Heald in this one, a guy who is making me want to pull my hair out because when I play him, he puts up 12 <laughs> points. But that's just how it goes sometimes. I think you can go back to him here. Obviously, Don't, don't touch the hair, man. The people, that, that's like the whole gimmick. If you lose the hair, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah then what will I do? But I don't um, know. You're no longer yeah. a doppelganger, but go ahead. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. So Fox and Heald, but I think the, the best value play in this one is Bielitsa. From the Kings side, anyway, I think there are some some plays that we got kind of got to weed out on the Warriors to figure out where, where these minutes are going to lie. But um, Bealita, Heald, and Fox, I think, are really strong plays. With Fox being my number one play on probably the the slate, definitely this game. Yeah, I like him a good bit as well too, and I think I'm with you as far as my two favorite plays. You could play some Holmes as well too, but uh, Bealita and Fox, probably my two favorite Kings. Uh, you said you can weed some guys out on Golden State, but if you're going to play, you're going to run it back with somebody on the Golden State side. Who's the first guy that's popping for you? Well, it's Eric Pascal, but I don't. I, I have like a weird feeling in my stomach because I have him projected for around twenty-five minutes, and I feel like that might come in just the way the the rotations have you know been. I feel like it might be a little high, but with you know with Draymond out, I feel like that's just kind of where I had to put his minutes at. Um, but I feel like 
either Chris Spellman or Pascal, one of those guys I think are going to crush here. So it's all going to come down to where you want to project the minutes. And right now it's Pascal that pops the most for me. Um, they're all pretty strong permanent guys with Pascal actually being the worst one around 0.85 um, fantasy point per minute so far this season. But Spellman's around one and Marquise Chris is actually close to 1.1. So I think if, if you can figure out which one's going to get the minutes, that's probably going to be the one that's going to be a really strong value play. But it's going to be tough to kind of weed out who's going to get the minutes there. But I also think Glenn Robinson and Damian Lee are strong plays as well. Um, Glenn Robinson is just too cheap. He's going to – he's his minutes feel – him and Lee's minutes just feel so safe. And it's a okay matchup. But, um, yeah, they're just going to play a really strong amount of minutes. And they're, they're not bad producers uh, permanent either. So I like those guys. Yeah, I agree with you as far. I don't know if I have to figure out the best amongst those first three guys we're talking about. And chasing that Spellman game where he was eight of 11 in 20 minutes and four for four from three and had four steals and had a block. Like that just doesn't seem repeatable. Yeah. If it happens again, so be it. I'm just, I can't imagine getting there. Uh, I don't like, that's not the plan. And we keep talking about how good, how strong power forward is tonight. So it's a big opportunity cost as well too. Uh, the much cleaner route is like what you said, as far as Robinson or, um, yeah, I, I like Glenn Robinson a good bit and Jones as well. Uh, we do have to step aside and get out of here and make way for crunch time. Of course, you got Andy and JSU and Roth in the bullpen warming up for premium subs. Uh, before we do that, before we step aside, give me a hot take. Uh, who's taking things down for you tonight? Yeah, I didn't mention this during the game because I think we kind of glossed over the Bulls, or at least I did anyway. So that's my mistake. But Zach Levine goes for 70 fantasy points. What? Oh, yeah. That's all right. Well, that's you know, the people can't say you're not ambitious of anything else. But uh, hey, you said bold. You're hot, bold, hot take. So I, 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 I appreciate that because some people don't go hot or don't they, they go lukewarm. But yeah, uh, yeah. that that's the show. Uh, we appreciate y'all watching out there in Roto Grinders. He's Kyle. I'm Dean. Enjoy your basketball tonight. We're out of here. Oh.